All righty, folks. Let's take a look at today's episode. It's your host, B. Rye, B. Swizzle, if you will. Uh, we are going to be seeing a beautiful transformation as Nezuko makes her presence known in the entertainment district. With that being said, I am so glad to be here with my real-life Kumboko squad members. We got Emily and Hannah. Hi, guys. It's Emily. Happy to be here again this week. Been a little bit of a busy week for me, but we're rocking and rolling. And I'm excited to talk about this episode because it's a really good one. Same. Hey, y'all. It's Hannah, the other third of the Kumaboko squad of our real life. And not as busy of a week as Emily, but still kind of feeling the effects of some maybe month and a half of lack of sleep catching up to me. And <laughs> honestly, my eyes are heavy right now, but we're here and we're talking about Demon Slayer, so I can make it through. Knees weak, palms are sweaty, eyes are heavy, everyone's <laughs> tired and ready to go to bed. Well, palm spaghetti. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, with that being said, let's kick things off like it's Blue Lock. And we get maybe a 30 second scene of a cold open before the intro. What are your thoughts on this brief glimpse of the fight is a quick recap before we get into today's episode. Oh, Lord, it just reminded me of what Nezuko's doing right now. And I am just like totally shocked at what's happening. I kind of saw this coming, but man, is she powerful. And I forgot that she instantaneously regenerated her leg to kick Daki down to the ground. Nice reminder of that. Definitely setting the tone for this episode because this is going to be a wild ride for sure. Oh, absolutely. I I was just watching this again in the car on the way here. <laughs> um, and and my boyfriend, Tom, is like, he's like driving and he's like looking over. I'm like smacking his face away. I'm like, you need to look at the road. But it's such a good girl fight. It's so cool. It's like we've waited so long to get these brief glimpses of Nezuko at her absolute best and strongest. And this is a really, really, really good fight for her because she's really holding her own um, for one of the first times. So, you know, a handful of times that it's happened, but she just keeps getting stronger every time that we get to see her unleash some of her inner power. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and I really like that she got to be her all-star, get her show on and get Cade, right? But all that glitters may not be gold because something felt the riot in the moments as as Doki laid on the ground, didn't it? I mean, anything, any demon fight at this point feels a riot to me because we've learned that nobody is safe. Rest in peace, Ren Goku. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not Ren Goku Red. again. <laughs> but I mean, but we've been talking about that this entire time, right? That like we've kind of had that precedent set for us. And so we're like nervous going into this fight because Tanjiro was alone at the beginning of this. Now Tanjiro is like a little bit out of the picture for this fight. So Nezuko's kind of alone and clearly she's super strong. Um, but something does feel a little bit weird and a little bit different about this fight for sure. I mean, there's creepy music playing, you know, that things are about to go down when the music goes ding. <laughs> while she like evilly laughs so yeah obviously things are going a little bit wrong here but we also like she's in a position that she's never been in before she is you know an angry commodo uh trying to protect her brother and fighting a demon that is reminding her the most of the demon that killed her family so it makes sense is it scary to see her like this but i think it's 
really powerful and oh, I just I love her so much. I don't get to talk about how much I love her, but I love her. <laughs> yeah, and I think um for Nezuko, it's um kind of the way her eyes were drawn. That's what kind of made me go to this question is that her eyes really got like her pupils got very small and I was like, hmm, kind of seems like Muzan's pupils. Not that like I'm a pupil expert. Please see your local optometrist for further advice on eyes. But nonetheless, right? Tanjiro gets a brief glimpse, but he's not the star of the show today. So Hannah needs to find a different soapbox for today. Um, we then <laughs> see <long>. Nezuko... <laughs> <laughs> Nezuko unleashes some true demon power in the following scenes. And we've talked a lot on how the show how Nezuko has a conscious mind that is no longer where her age should be. So tell me how you feel her conscience and maturity level go hand in hand with the way that she's using her power right now. I don't know if they're working hand in hand, really, because I don't think she's very conscious of herself at all. And I think she's not conscious of herself for the first time since she first got turned into a demon. Like I said, you know, it. she's facing this demon that smells or I don't know if she, she doesn't have the scent that her brother has, but like she can just tell that this demon is closely related to the demon that killed her family. And she, you know, like we touched on last episode, when she showed up, Tanjiro was like collapsed, about to be beheaded by this demon. So she was about to murder the last of her family. So um, we see it kind of as a trend with the two of them. When they get angry over each other, they see red and they don't really act with that kindness that they are kind of known for. And I think that, that's what's happening to her in this moment, but she's a demon. So it can turn out even worse. She can lose that consciousness and go feral and berserk. And maybe it's also because she can't control this new uh, form that she's in. Cause we've never seen her in this super adult form as well when she's still only like 14. So there's like maybe her body and consciousness just can't handle maturing that fast in such a short period of time there's a lot there's a lot to unpack here and i won't go too much but um i don't know if they're going hand in hand i think they're kind of separated right now i think that that's true to an extent i think that as the fight progresses the consciousness is lost a little bit more and more but at the beginning i really do think that she's tapping into um you know like the brainwashing that she received at the beginning of the show from Arokadaki that like her jumping into this fight mode rather than flight mode is probably a direct result of that mantra that's like the demons are your enemy humans are your family kind of thing so I do think that she's conscious of her decision and she's aware enough of her surroundings at least in the box to know that it's time for her to come out and to you know kind of give Tanjiro an assist in this fight but as she gets into it it almost does seem like she is changing and like Brian mentioned like there's like the character design of like the eyes changing slightly that does look a little bit more like some of the demons that we've seen and it makes me wonder if she's leaning into that like bloodlust just like for the opposite um team if that makes sense (laughs) she's getting real enjoyment I think out of what she's doing to Daki so I like they use that word, enjoyment. Like she's yeah. laughing, like she's de- demonically like enjoying what she's doing. It's mm-hmm. it's like whoa, yeah. So, and I think that 
um, as far as the maturity level goes, I, I imagine that being able to tap into some of that strength is just like manifesting in her physical form as well. And then as it regresses, so does she. Yeah, right. Because I think she's kind of getting lost in her own sauce, if you will, to a certain extent. I mean, I mean, it's the truth, though. Like, she's literally like losing her like kind of sense of protection and just going all out demon, which is what I would kind of expect of any like newly formed demon. Right. We saw that very quickly. Um, but nonetheless, you know, Nezuko becomes a little bit more aware of the world around her and she starts to see the effects of her fight with Daki and she sees temptation with people finally around. How does this compare with her struggle of temptation for humans back in season one? It's developed a bit. So I would say she, she barely, barely has more self-restraint in this moment, um, than before. And I mean that in just that she hesitates. <laughs> um, in season one, there was like no hesitation. I don't think like, like for Tanjiro at first, absolutely none. It was pure demon bloodlust, but she has, you know, this brainwashing now she has this mantra. She has this awareness of humans being her family. So I, I think that there's at least a moment here where she is a little bit more conflicted about what's going on you know, but imagine you haven't eaten in weeks, months, years like her, and you're like being presented. It's it, it's human to air, and even more so, I would imagine, if you are already a demon, incredibly hard to fight against those instincts to do what's right when there's something that you want or feel like you need. So a little bit of a difference, but probably not as much progress as you would hope for at this point. But not necessarily through any fault of her own. Hmm. This might sound weird, but I actually disagree with Emily. Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Um. Obviously, not in a bad way. You know, this makes things interesting, <laughs> right? When we disagree on something, right? Um. I I think her her temptation here is worse. I think her self control here is worse than at the the beginning and and here's my thought process behind it um we see in episode one like yes like she she has that transformation she's feral for a moment here but as soon as he you know got that axe in her mouth like she was like crying you could tell that she was genuinely like confused on what was happening to her probably confused on why she like desired to eat her brother and i feel like she was essentially conscious of like her surroundings almost that entire time because she was able to like actually stop herself and here i feel like she had none of that there was no tears there was like there was that slight hesitation but like she was about to like she's jumping at them at these humans you know she sees that blood and she's been able to control that in the past granted i think most of the times that we've seen her kind of look at blood and kind of drool and stuff tandro's been around to keep her kind of there and he's not at this very moment but it still feels a little bit more like not controlled to me and i think that comes from maybe again just she's never been in this form she's never i i don't think she's felt this anger that she's feeling right now 
since she got turned into a demon. So it's like overtaking her senses to the point of, I felt like there was less hesitation. I can see where Emily's coming from. And I'm not trying to say this as like an argument. I know we don't like, (laughs) we don't usually disagree, but that's just my thought process on it. But I think Emily made some good points still. I mean, yeah, it's not like it's, this isn't like an argument. There's no prize <laughs> here. This is just opinion. The only it's prize. Battle Royale. <laughs> Fortnite. Oh, oh hey, no. if you haven't seen, oh, Aaron Yeager is going to be on Fortnite. So oh, God. catch me on Fortnite. Oh, the Riz. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, <laughs> thankfully, no one is hurt because Tondro can muzzle Nazco just in time and Tengen shows up. Another thing to be thankful for in this moment, right? We also get some comedic relief with Nezuko becoming a flashy demon. How'd you feel about this little quick scene before we get a cut scene to the little... A little... You know what I mean. It's like the scene where they show the arts and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. (laughs) Um, Kind of going along what I just said, uh, this is interesting because Tanjiro is muzzling her, but he can't get through to her. And again, this is like the first time we're seeing that. Like he's struggling and she's like scratching him and headbutting him and doing all these things. And he, you know, he's about to like, he's he's trying to figure out what to do because Doki shows up before Tengen and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I found that very interesting. And again, like it was kind of sad to watch the first time, but I feel like it's important to Nezuko's character to have this moment. It's very realistic that she has this like kind of, it's like she's reverting back to when she transformed almost, but it's harder for her to control it because she's so hungry. Um, I will say when uh, Tengen showed up super fast, I cheered a little bit. I It took him way too long to get there with how fast he was. It stressed me out, man. Why did it take him so long to get there? <sighs> Thank the Lord he got there. And... We got that comedic relief again with the bug eyes, the derpy Tengen, the derpy Tandro, even the derpy Nezuko as he's like still struggling with her. Thank you, Demon Slayer, for keeping things lighthearted every once in a while. We really, really need it sometimes. <laughs> um, I I love Tengen. And part of it is that like there are these fantastic derpy moments that um, is just really fun to see with the Hashira, I think, because when we were first introduced to like even the concept of what they were, it seemed like it was something really prestigious, which it is, but also like really serious and it is, but they're still people, which is like really fun to see them like just kind of be goofy and human and like weird. They're just like weird people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, but for real, like Tengen is cool, but he's, he's a little bit of a strange dude. And like, so was Rengoku. He was like standing there sitting, staring on the train at nothing. So I was going to say a little bit. (laughs) little bit weird but I love him and we love them all as we should so it's funny to see them like be funny um but also to get him in some really cool moments in this episode that we'll probably get to in a little bit here but I I love that he was calling her a flashy demon I think that's a lot of fun after her slight transformation he's like oh she's cooler than she was before (laughs) she she upgraded yeah and so and this is also when Tengen keeps calling Daki, there's no way you're upper six. There's no way. And we haven't seen it ha- hit the floor quite yet, but I feel like this is one of those critical moments for Tondro as he tries to desperately wrangle Nezuko back under control. I think this 
<clears throat> speaks again to the maturity of her conscience. How fitting for this to be the way that she calms down by getting a lullaby. I think that it was extraordinarily fitting because like you said, there is some kind of tie to like the physical manifestation of her maturity. So, you know, and all of this probably happens very, very quickly for her. It's a little longer for us, but obviously at the end of the lullaby, we see her regress into the childlike state and, um, and have like a really visceral reaction to the song. And I think that there's something to be said about Nezuko getting really brief moments to grieve because she doesn't get a lot with this, almost second consciousness that she's like harboring in her mind she's got like this demonic persona and so Tanjiro at this point has had several years to grieve but she really only gets very brief moments and it's probably so exhausting to try to get all of that out so I think that was incredibly smart of Tengen and Tanjiro to come up with to like use this lullaby to put her to sleep but um who knows maybe a slight happy coincidence that that was the particular song that called her right back to moments with her mother it was it was a really nice choice, I think. I mean, it might have just been the lullaby that their mother sang to them as kids, so they both know it, you know, and it it brings both of them back to that. Uh, as always, I have a lot of thoughts on on this moment. I think you know how beautiful their their relationship is. When I rewatched this yesterday, <laughs> I I couldn't help it. I cried. I'll say it. I don't always cry over this scene, but this one time, oh, maybe it's that time of month, but <laughs> I was crying. Um, their mom, like, like it, it was kind of like their mom was there with them. And even like after she falls asleep, Tandro says like, mother, she fell asleep. Like they both were like envisioning her in this moment and like calling back to her. And it's kind of that like connection that the two of them have, I think, that they both were able in this moment to just really soak in the memories of their mother but of course we get to actually focus on nezuko this time which we don't usually get to and it's really powerful like emily said you know like she hasn't been able to grieve the way that tandro has and of course i've talked about the fact that tandro doesn't really get to grieve either because he's been just kind of moving forward and training but he still has time to process it he still has been able to and she hasn't because like she you know is still in this kind of like baby stage of being a demon where, you know, she can't talk. We, she doesn't really have many memories yet of her past. So to see her sit there and kind of have this memory come up and, you know, have it be through Tanjiro, but of their mother was really beautiful. And side note, did you know that apparently it's actually canon that Tanjiro is tone deaf? That's why he didn't sing it. You learn something new every day. I would have liked to hear him try. <laughs> All of a sudden you get Tengen. You're off, bitch! Not flashy. <laughs> I mean, both voice actors for Tanjiro can sing very well. So I feel like that'd be... <laughs> I, I would have a hard time singing off pitch on purpose. I don't know. Better just like scream <laughs> Maybe, maybe I'm right there with Tondro. I don't know. <laughs> I knew there were theories, but I just found out that apparently it's, at least in the eyes of his voice actor, it is canon. Okay, fair. All right, well, we flash back to Tengen and Daki, 
Um, now, we didn't kind of go over this part, but like we said, Tengen rolls up on the scene and says, there's no way you're upper six. And he's like, you're weak. And she's like, no, I'm not. Meh, 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 meh. And while well, her head's in her lap. But something quite interesting is happening. She hasn't disappeared yet or burned away like we've seen with other demons. Tengen puts his guard back up with such great timing for the true transformation of this episode. Tell me about it. I love the theme of transformation and we've been getting it for the last few episodes. So it's been really cool. There's been so many characters going through transformation. Um, and of course, the name of the episode. But I do have to say, because you touched on it briefly there, when Daki's head fell into her lap, I like actually squealed the first time I saw it. I was like, there is no way. And my mind just like started drawing a blank as to what it meant. And I did not see what actually the transformation that we see here was going to happen. Um, just such a such a badass move from Tengen. First of all, I love him so much. This is when I was like, all right, this guy, this guy, I like him. But, oh my goodness, what a way the, the story decides to take this. And I think it's really interesting and also interesting that it's a brother and sister. Maybe we'll start to see some parallels here, which I think is really important to the story moving forward. So it it definitely brings a new... I'm trying to think of the word. New feeling that we haven't felt before. Like, hmm, brother and sister, kind of similar to our favorite protagonists. What is that going to bring to the story? We'll find out. I completely agree, but I would even go a step further and say that I think the parallels are already very clearly starting here beyond just brother and sister. Um one thing that I noticed that I can call out right now is like the the difference in the tears of the two sisters. Um, we've seen Nezuko like weep for the memory of her family and we get to see Daki weep for herself. And mm. one is almost feels a little bit more pathetic, even though it's clearly like very important to the person that it's upsetting. Um but also, I want to take a step back here for a second, too, and just give a shout out to this moment with Tengen and his reaction time. And I'm like, that was like just such a cool moment to see a Hashira leap into action, I think. Um, he's the sound Hashira. He can move fast. If he's moving like at the speed of sound or something like like he is <laughs> on it. And it's still not fast enough in this moment. Which is insane. Pretty cool. I don't know. Pretty cool transformation happening here. And clearly we're seeing like what this power level is in comparison to yet another Hashira. Yeah. And I like some of the things that Tengen did. I feel like it does give me some Naruto vibes when he's throwing out like smoke bombs. And I'm like, damn, that's that Shinobi life. We'd love to see it. All right. <laughs> Hannah, you're almost there yet, right? What? To Naruto, you're almost going to start oh. Naruto. Yeah, we we're finishing season 6 of My Hero today, so next weekend might be when we finally start it. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay, <laughs> another 
random care random colored boy an orange boy now instead of a green boy you'll love hey. him <laughs> we love our sweet little orange boy oh, God. all right well it seems like zenitsu is not the only one pissed about tengen being able to snag three wives and it seems like the battle is only truly beginning and what an attack back by such rage and loathing seeing this new demon just completely unleash against them we are finally getting to see this demon that Tengen has been looking for. And it makes sense that we haven't been able to see them so far because he has literally emerged out of his sister, but um, he's given off creepy vibes for sure. Um, strong, able to prevent his sister from dying immediately. And what a strong voice actor for this character. This is like one of the eeriest voices I think that we've heard in Demon Slayer so far up to this point. I would I would argue that this is one of the best vocal performances of the show because it's scary. It's scary and you can tell like I don't know. He talks about himself being envious and I feel like if you were to describe him as one of the the seven deadly <laughs> sins that is this character personified. 100%. It's very off-putting. I'm sorry, I have to give another fun fact, because we're talking about his voice actor. <laughs> you know me. You know me and my, like, weird... Anyway. Um, his voice actor is the same voice actor as Marco in Attack on Titan. Rip. Those, no, no. Marco? He was half the man oh, that he no. used to be, but... Um... Oh, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <Turn> it off. <laughs> Logging off. Oh no, lost Emily. Emily left. <laughs> um, Emily has left the chat. No, I wanted to say that because Emily was mentioning just how good of a vocal performance it is because I feel like these two characters are very different, which is why I wanted to call it out. I can't hear it. Like when I found out and I watched Attack on Titan and I listened to Marco speak, I I would have never been able to figure that out. He does not sound anywhere the same. So very talented voice actor. Um, into the question, though, I have to say, Tengen, <laughs> why did he have to, like, poke and prod at him and be like, I have three wives? <laughs> he knew, like, the way he said it was, like, to piss him off. It's like, should you be pissing off this guy that just got you in the face? Like, I love you, but was that the smartest decision? Mm, maybe not. But... Probably not. Flashy <laughs> <laughs> he does want to be flashy. So I'm sure he likes it when people are envious of him. So he's like, oh, I got this guy in the palm of my hand. Um, Yeah, Gitaro is creepy, man. And very mysterious. We're seeing that he's upper six as well. So we're kind of putting the pieces together here on how this is going to work. How are we going to defeat them? We see Daki, who obviously was beheaded. Her head is back on. She's fine. What the frick? Like, this is all new to us. So, uh, <laughs> interesting, scary, and very uh, creepy and full of twists here. We're getting some plot twists. Yeah, I think um, kind of one of the parallels I just put together in my head was, I mean, Nezuko comes out of the box where... Our, our new demon just comes out of his sister. 
Like there's both that like element of concealment or element of the trap waiting for you. So, I mean, that's just something right off the bat, but any last thoughts here before we go on to favorite moments? Just that this, this episode is very transitional because we got a lot of action in episode six and we're about to dive into like the heart of the fight here and not much fighting happens in this episode We're we're getting a lot of like twists and turns here still like a 10 out of 10 episode and it's something that demon slayer does so well is we've got this like little breather here but there's still some quick battle scenes there's still some questions to be answered and it's definitely a very transformative episode (laughs) i don't know what the english word is for that (laughs) i'm trying the right one Okay, good. Sometimes since I'm learning a new language now, my brain is just like, make up whatever you want. It's probably a word in some language. Sometimes my brain does that just with English. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. It did that before I started learning a new language, I will say. But since I started learning a new language, my brain is now like trying to split itself. And it's weird. It's weird. That's all. That's all I can say about it. Bilingual bestie. We love it. (laughs) Not bilingual yet, but I'll get there. Semi-bilingual bestie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) What a great episode. I don't know. I I feel like I could just jump right into my favorite moments, but this is one of the first times we've seen something parallel our main duo so closely, I think. And so it's going to make for a really interesting conclusion to this arc that we've watched. And we got a couple more episodes left. So excited to keep talking about it. Yeah, honestly, it feels like the arc is really just starting. Like, we really just threw the the pasta in the boiling water and we're rolling. Um, my metaphors are all over the place today. I'm so it's sorry. Any, anyone listening <laughs> is probably like, what is he on today? Um, Sunday Scaries is what we're on today, folks. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> all right. Well, a lot of ground was covered um in this episode right starting with my favorite moment i'm gonna choose where nezuko was able to congeal her blood and keep herself from falling apart i even like the sound design in this moment it was actually very similar to attack on titan the way it was scored and i like the sound and the visuals demonstrated here uh mainly like the background music i felt like it was very similar to like the dun 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 both of you know what i'm talking about if you know attack on titan you know uh favorite moment i have to admit i didn't think about this ahead of time when i usually do i would say first of all i just have to say the soundtrack for guitaro is absolutely freaking spectacular and goes so well with the creepy vibes of his character just throwing that out there but my favorite moment we didn't talk about is actually uh when zenitsu and osuke and tanjiro finally meet up outside and uh, uh is asleep and granted like i touched on a couple episodes ago enosuke seeing zenitsu fight for the first time and being like you're asleep maybe you should stay asleep tanjiro has never seen zenitsu fight either so he's like zenitsu are you asleep <laughs> and then he says it and then enosuke just moves on and then they just move on from the subject they're so adhd it's hilarious to me um and i was just giggling at it i love our little trio being wild and funny in the middle of a pretty intense story so 
I have to, I have to call that moment out. These are both really good ones. And I, I don't like to repeat myself, but I really think I have to. The moment where Tangan realizes what's going on with Daki and Gitaro is like one of my favorite Hishira moments so far. It's hard to say without seeing <laughs> obviously the rest of the story animated, but we all know that I love Ren Goku, but like this reaction was maybe the most serious we've seen him so far. And it just, it just still wasn't enough. And so I'm really, really looking forward to seeing the rest of the fight and getting to see Tangan like really go all out in his fight and be his flashy self, but be his like serious self too. Um, and I think that it starts in that moment. Yeah, those are both really good moments, honestly. Um, I feel like that was kind of the turning point, the moment you were talking about, Emily. Like that's like when like things like, we knew it was getting real. It's like, it was very similar to like what we saw in the Mujin train. Cause like when you saw like, oh, like Rengoku's there, like Halvatandra stopped the bleeding. We're doing great. Like things are good. And then, you know, then it comes and then you're like, oop. Um, Hannah, for your favorite moment, I thought you were going to pick something else that was in that scene, but I thought you were going to pick, uh, uh, the moment where Tondra is like, ah, I need to go get my box for Nezuko. I'll be right back. And then he's like slightly running this way. And in this case, like, I will allow it. And she's Arigato. Like, Arigato. And I'm like, oh God, you guys are so bad. Like it's... any other demon would be like, what? It's such a funny <laughs> contrast from Emily's favorite moment too, because we have Tengen who's like not hesitating, which is such a common thing in anime where it's like, Oh, the the big evils here. Now we're gonna hesitate. Let them kind of show up and talk before we actually try, try and strike. But Tengen's just like, nope, and tries to take him down. And then you've got our three goons out there, just like kind of chatting it up, like, oh, cool, we're all together. Oh, sorry, I gotta go put my sister in a box. I'm gonna just <laughs> run, however far away that is, which seems kind of far. Oh, it's so chaotic and adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's all we got for today's episode. I hope that you all enjoyed. Please don't forget to give us a follow on TikTok at the Hashira Half Hour. And you can also hit us on Twitter at Hashira Half. Send us some questions you may have answered. Or since we are coming close to the end of the entertainment district, we are going to need something to follow up after we get through Swordsmith Village as it airs weekly. So let us know some things you might want to see. We've had some ideas cooking, of course. I'm always thinking about what comes next, but let us know what you'd like to see in the future. And of course, Umai. Umai. Umai.